Good morning, church family. I pray that you are all well. And to all of our mothers listening this morning, happy Mother's Day. Mothers, you are certainly a gift from God. And I am thankful for the role so many of you play within our church. And I wanted to share publicly that Faith Bible Fellowship Church is thankful for your love for Christ, for your nurturing spirits, for your patience, and for your service to your families. And as Proverbs 31 says, that through your labor, I pray that your children rise up and call you blessed, and your husbands praise you because you fear the Lord. So thank you, mothers. We are grateful for you, and happy, happy Mother's Day. As for our sermon this morning, our text today is Ephesians chapter 4, and we will be in verses 25 through 32. In this final section of Ephesians chapter 4, it's directly connected to what Ricardo faithfully preached on last week in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Or that we, are Chris, as Christians, are new creations in Christ. And therefore, since we are new creations who now have their identity in Christ, it would make no sense for us to live or to walk like we used to. Because to continue to walk in sensuality, to continue to walk in greed or impurity, that would be a natural behavior for us now, would it not? It would be like a beautiful butterfly trying to still act like a stubby, crawling caterpillar. It would simply be unnatural. Because remember, as new creations created in the likeness of Christ, we put on the new self. The new self with a renewed spirit of the mind. But what exactly does that look like? What does it mean to put on the new self and now as new creations practice righteousness and practice holiness? And in our text today, as Tony Marita points out, Paul follows a pattern to help the Christians see what their new way of life should look like as he gives five examples in the text today that overall follow this general pattern to put away worldly actions, to adopt righteous and holy actions, and then a brief explanation or a brief theology as to why. So putting away worldly actions, adopting righteous and holy actions, and then a theology or an explanation as to why. Simple enough, right? And this takes us to our thesis this morning or the main summation of our sermon this morning. And our thesis statement is this, that new creations in Christ display lives that are grounded in truth, righteous indignation, generosity, uplifting speech, and forgiveness. Got that? Again, our thesis statement this morning is this, that new creations in Christ display lives that are grounded in truth, righteous indignation, generosity, uplifting speech, and forgiveness. Our text this morning, again, is Ephesians chapter 4. 
verses 25 through 32. And even from home, let me highly encourage you to pick up your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32, and follow along with us this morning. The Apostle Paul, he writes, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this text this morning. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and his redemptive work on the cross. Lord, I pray that the dear ones listening this morning, that their eyes be opened, their hearts be softened, their ears be opened, and they hear that they are to put away falsehood, that they are not to sin in an unrighteous way or to be angry in an unrighteous way. They are no longer to steal and let corrupting talk come out of their mouth. They are to put away bitterness and wrath and anger. And Lord, as new creations in Christ who have a new self, let us adopt behavior that is glorifying to you. Father, I pray that we be convicted by this text this morning. Father, I hope and I ask that you help my lisping, stammering tongue give me the words to speak and let me do it in a way that is gentle, that is bold, it has conviction, it is humble. And Lord, that these words above all else are true. And let these truths penetrate our heart this morning. And let us live lives that are glorifying to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first of five points this morning. Yes, you heard that right. Five points this morning. So pour a cup of coffee and buckle up, church. Our first of five points this morning is this, point number one, new creations in Christ display lives grounded in the truth. New creations in Christ display lives grounded in the truth, verse 25. It says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members one of another. Church, Jesus Christ said that I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. 
and that he came to us full of grace and truth, John 1.14, and proclaiming, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, John 8.31 and 32. So if we are new creations in Christ, and if Christ is the essence of truth, if he came in truth and delivered truth to us, and if we want to be like Jesus Christ, then we must be a people saturated in and living for the ultimate truth, which is Jesus Christ and all that he has revealed to us, right? Verse 25 here is actually from the prophet Zechariah in chapter 8, verse 16, where he says, speak the truth to one another, not lie to one another not deceive one another, not speak falsehood to one another, but speak the truth to one another. Because lying, deception, and falsehood, those are the ways of the world. But the children of God, by faith, have been saved by the truth of the gospel. And the children of God are being sanctified and conformed to the image of the Son as revealed in the truth of Scripture. And those children, the children of God, are also part of one body in which Christ is the head. Or verse 25, for we are members one of another. Therefore, for the children of God to speak falsehood or to lie to each other as members of the same body... It only leads to pain. It only hurts the body of Christ in which we are all part of. I mean, how foolish is that? To hurt your own body and make no mistake, church, even one little white lie. It is poison within the body of Christ. Tony Evans, he told this story about a man who didn't want kids coming into his watermelon patch and eating his watermelons. So he put up a sign, and it said, one of these watermelons is poisonous. Now, none of the watermelons were poisonous, but he said if the kids think one of the watermelons is poisonous, and not knowing which one it was, they would no longer and steal, they would no longer steal and eat any of my watermelons. The man lied in an attempt to protect his crop from the thieves. However, he came back the next day and saw the word one crossed out and the word two in its place. Now he had lost his whole crop because he had no idea which watermelon the kids had messed with. Church dealing in lying, dealing in lying or falsehood does no help to you or to the church body in which you are part of. It only poisons it. Psalm 34, verse 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Church, new creations in Christ do not want to poison the body of Christ with lies. Instead, they naturally want to grow in and imitate the author of truth, who is Jesus Christ, who is the head of all the members of the body. Thus, simply, church, real simple, speak the truth to each other and do not lie. New creations in Christ deal in truth 
truth with each other because falsehood only poisons the body of Christ. Falsehood only poisons the body of Christ. Which brings us to point number two. New creations in Christ display righteous indignation toward evil and not unrighteous anger. New creations in Christ display righteous indignation toward evil and not unrighteous anger. Verses 26 and 27. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And you may be sitting there thinking, Huh? The Christian life is one of anger? Since when? But what I imagine you are thinking about when I say the word anger is to rage, to become furious at your children when they are not listening to you, or to throw a fit and to chuck a tool in anger because your project isn't working out for you, or to swear at the TV because you're irritated that your team isn't playing how you want them to, or to attack someone verbally who critiqued your work and who critiqued your job. But in fact, Paul is saying, Christian, that worldly, selfish, attacking, venom-spewing, self-serving anger, put that away because it has no place in your life anymore. And replace that rage and those fits of anger with an anger that does not sin. Or a righteous and holy anger, which was displayed by our own Lord and Savior Jesus Christ like when he cleansed the temple and overturned tables because his house was a house of prayer and not a den of robbers. Or in Mark 3, when Jesus asked the Pharisees, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? And they, the Pharisees, were silent. And Jesus looked around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart. You see, church, our selfish, worldly, self-pleasing, swearing, punching, fit-throwing anger is to be replaced by righteous indignation or an an anger toward the things that anger God. You see, as Christians, it is natural to be righteously angry over the 746 abortions performed in York in 2018. It is natural to be righteously angry over the 2,098 reports of child abuse in York in 2018. It is natural to be righteously angry over the 450 violent crimes reported in York in 2018. Thus, make no mistake, it is natural for the new creation in Christ to become angry when our God and his precepts are slandered and defamed by the world. But the focus here of this text is on preventing anger that causes us to sin. And how do we do that? Paul offers this little piece of advice in verse 26. He says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Christian, if you are feeling angry toward your brother or sister in Christ, 
Do not let the sun go down on it. Go to that person and seek reconciliation, a resolution, and do not let your anger towards your brother and sister in Christ smolder or intensify or grow. Because verse 27 says that is the opportunity the devil is looking for to bring about that fit of anger in your life. And like a volcano that explodes under pressure, so too does the devil want you to explode under the pressure of your built-up anger, spewing vile, vicious, vulgar speech in all directions, burning and hurting all that you come into contact with. Thus, when you are feeling unrighteous, worldly, selfish anger begin to bubble up inside of you toward a church member who you think maybe didn't treat you fairly, or who you think might not have spoken to your child properly, or who you think posted something on social media, or said something in small group that hurt you, and you don't want your anger to cause you to sin then don't let the sun go down on it. Instantly go to your brother and sister in Christ and seek reconciliation for the good of the body. Because blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Be a peacemaker, brother Christian, sister Christian, and do not let yourself burn with an unrighteous anger that could cause you to sin. This is a mark of a new creation in Christ. Which brings us to point number three. New creations in Christ display lives of honest work and generosity. New creations in Christ display lives of honest work and generosity. Verse 28. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Now you may be sitting there at home thinking, well, at least I got one of these down. I don't steal. I'm not a thief. I work hard. I do honest work. Pastor, we can move on. We are good here. And I believe you. In fact, I believe most Christians out there have this down. I believe they work hard, they don't steal, they put in an honest day's work. But what I want to focus on here is the final phrase in verse 28. Or one of the reasons as to why we as Christians are to work hard. Which reads, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Lovingly, let me ask you, brother Christian, sister Christian, why do you work hard? Do you work hard for the American dream? Do you work hard for the white picket fence? Do you work hard for a new man cave? Do you work hard for a beach house or for a sports car? Do you work hard to build up your bank account so you can put your faith and trust in that ever-growing number? Or do you put in an honest day's work and earn additional income, more income than you or your family need to survive so that you have something to share with anyone in need? Has that ever crossed your mind? This story was told that one day a beggar by the roadside asked for money. 
from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and had no claim upon the ruler, no right to even lift a hand. Yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. A companion of Alexander the Great was astonished at his generosity and commented, Sir, copper coins would have adequately met that beggar's need. Why did you give him gold? Alexander responded, Copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. John Bunyan said that you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. You have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. Church, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And Proverbs 21, 26 is clear that the righteous gives and does not hold back. Oh, that we be a church, especially during this pandemic season, when people are out of work, they are laid off and struggling to make ends meet, that we work an honest day and take joy in having something to share with those in need. It is the mark of a new creation in Christ. Thus, church, give generously, give willingly, give joyfully to those in need. And as the proverb says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. Oh, what a blessing it is to be a blessing to others. And it is the mark of a new creation in Christ. Which brings us to point number four. New creations in Christ display lives of uplifting speech. New creations in Christ display lives of uplifting speech. Verses 29 and 30 which says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. New creations in Christ. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. The Greek word translated corrupting here in the ESV is also used by Matthew and Luke to describe trees producing bad fruit or putrefied fruit. Thus, just as we would never want to sit and to smell and eat a plate of bad fruit, so too should the Christian be disgusted and repulsed by corrupt talk and speech, nauseated by speech that is crude and rude and lewd. So where the world says it is okay to swear and to gossip and to be vulgar in our speech, the scriptures say, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, Ephesians 5.4. Instead, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, Colossians 4.6. Because the words of a wise man's mouth are always gracious, Ecclesiastes 10.12. Thus, new creation in Christ speak in a way that is, verse 29, good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And boy, this is hard. Is it not? 
I remember as a teenager, after I would tell a foul joke or use nasty, crude language or pick on my brother, my mother would sing to me. Yes, even as a teenager, she would sing to me this. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. And I remember the conviction being just gut-wrenching when she would sing that as I would walk away hating my evil, crude, corrupt, wicked speech. And why? Why, might you ask? Why did this song lead to such conviction in my heart? Because this type of speech, it is out of character. It is out of place. It is not fitting for the new creation in Christ. And it opposes the very will of God. And it grieves, verse 30, the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you, brother Christian, sister Christian, if your words were recorded for an entire day, Every joke, every story, every argument, every interaction, what would the world say about you? Would the world say, oh, he sounds and talks just like us. He makes fun of Bob, our co-worker, the same way everyone else does. He yells at the intern the same way everyone else does. There's sexual innuendo in his jokes just like everyone else. Or would the world say, Boy, he's the only one to go out of his way to defend Bob the co-worker. Oh boy, he's patient and supportive with his intern. Or boy, I can't believe he told us those sexual jokes were inappropriate. Church, the world is not only watching. The world is also listening. Thus, as new creations in Christ, let your speech be words focused on building others up and not spewing corrupt or unwholesome words only capable of tearing people down. The people that spoke with Jesus in Luke 4, they marveled at the gracious words that came from his lips. Oh, that as his children, I pray that our words are saturated in grace as well, as this is a mark of a new creation in Christ. Which brings us finally to point number five. New creations in Christ display lives grounded in kindness and forgiveness. New creations in Christ display lives grounded in kindness and forgiveness. Verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Church, we live in a world that when someone sins against another person, the natural response is one of, verse 31, bitterness or deep-seated ill will toward those who wronged us. 
and wrath, intense emotional displeasure towards someone, and anger, strong feelings of belligerence aroused by someone who wronged us, and clamor, a vehement expression against something that has dissatisfied us, and slander to start a rumor against someone, and malice, that desire to inflict injury on someone. Thus, Klein Snodgrass asks the question, if these are the ways of the world, if these are the ways of the flesh, how will this way of life ever stop? Or how will this unforgiving, hateful pattern stop or keep from repeating itself over and over and over again? Because bitterness, it will lead to malice. And slander, it will lead to clamor. And anger, it will lead to wrath. Thus, how will this dreadful pattern ever end? And that is where you come in, brother Christian, sister Christian. Because as new creations in Christ who have experienced the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, we now have the ability, we now have the strength and the willingness and the spirit to love and forgive others. And this is a powerful weapon. Snodgrass concludes, he says, this is part of dying with Christ. Wimpy people should not apply for the job. The weak cannot forgive. Only the strong have the resources to forgive. As Christians, we not only possess the sense to see and become righteously angered by the sins of the world, but we also have the strength and the mind of Christ to forgive and to love others in the midst of malice, in the midst of bitterness and anger and slander and deceit that is thrown our way. Or to put it another way, being a new creation in Christ, we have been given the grace needed to inject kindness and inject tenderheartedness and inject forgiveness into a world that desperately needs it. And don't think for a second our forgiveness and our kindness can't produce wonderful gospel fruit in this dark and depraved world. D.L. Moody shared this story. He said, in London one Sunday, a minister said to me, I want you to notice that family there in the front row. And when we get home, I will tell you about them. When they arrived home, the minister shared, that entire family was one with a smile. As I was walking down the street one day, I saw a little girl in a window. She smiled, I smiled, and we bowed. So it was the second time I bowed and smiled, and she bowed and smiled. It was not long before there was another child, But I had gotten in the habit of smiling and bowing at them, so I continued. And pretty soon the group grew. And at last, as I went by, their mother was with them. Again, I bowed to them all and smiled. Now the mother thought I was a minister because I carried a Bible every Sunday morning. So the children followed me the next Sunday and found out I was a minister. And they thought I was the greatest preacher and that their parents must hear me. Kindness goes a long way. Long story short, the father, mother, and five children were converted to Christ. As or, or as I like to say, one to Christ by a smile. Brother Christian, sister Christian, Christ was kind to us. 
and Christ forgave us when we were his enemies. And he has given us a new heart, no longer of bitterness or anger or malice or slander, but he gave us a heart that is tender-hearted, that is kind and forgiving. Church, you have been given the heart needed to be a change agent in this dark, angry, and bitter world. Thus display the grace that Christ has given you to not return evil with evil or insult with insult, but instead give and be blessings to others and marvel at the gospel fruit it will produce all around you. This is the mark of the new creation in Christ. Forgiving and loving and being kind to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to the world just as Christ loved and forgave and was kind to you. As we close this morning we will begin with the non-Christian listening. And to the non-Christian listening, you may be sitting at home this morning thinking, wow, what a list. I don't know if I could ever be a Christian. Replacing lying and replacing fits of anger, giving to the needy, this doesn't seem like a normal way of life. And you are right. These actions, these behaviors, these habits, they are only possible when our old self, our old mind, our old heart passes away and our new heart and new identity in Jesus Christ comes. Because only Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. You see, non-Christian, your sins, your flesh, your lust for the world, it has separated you from God. And your sin in the presence of a perfect, righteous, holy God makes you deserving of his holy judgment. Thus, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He took on human flesh. Literally, Jesus is God in human flesh. And he kept the law perfectly. He never sinned. No, not once. And as a perfect, sinless being and one who was perfectly obedient to the will of the Father, Jesus Christ gave himself up as a sacrifice for the sins of his children. Non-Christian, he willingly took your place as a substitute. And the holy wrath you deserve for your sins, Jesus Christ, he bore it on a cross. And he was crucified and died and was buried. But three days later, being that he is perfect, being that he is sinless, and being that he appeased the wrath of God toward our sins, Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead, defeating sin and defeating death for all who believe. Thus, non-Christian, let today be the day that you repent of your sins. You turn from your sins and you trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sins, the only one who paid the price for your sins, the only one who can clothe you in his perfect life and reconcile you back to God. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Come, non-Christian, let today be the day 
that you repent of your sins and you trust in Jesus Christ and Christ alone as the only one who can forgive you of your sins and reconcile you back to God forever. And today you will be a new creation in Christ, regenerated to live for him now and destined to be with him forever. Let today be the day, non-Christian. And to the Christian that is listening this morning, as we read through this list of what the Christian life is to look like, I'm sure we can all admit that at times it can be somewhat defeating. We are to put away falsehood and instantly remember that one lie that we told to a church member. We are not to be unrighteously angry, but tell that to my coworker who I snapped on on Zoom this week. We are not to slander, but my neighbor just does some of the meanest and nastiest things. Thus, a lot of this still does not come naturally. We want it to stop, but it is hard, and we don't know where to begin. So where do we begin? Church, begin with the final phrase in verse 32. God in Christ forgave you. God in Christ forgave you. Never forget the work and the accomplishment of Christ. And let that guide every one of your actions, every one of your words, and every one of your habits. God has given you the grace needed to have faith, to be forgiven, and to be redeemed. God has given you the grace needed to glorify Him with your gifts. Thus, don't you think God will give you the grace needed to put down your anger, to put down your malice, your bitterness, your slander and wrath, and to grow in Christ? God in Christ, He forgave you. Never forget the work and the accomplishment of Christ. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Thus, when you find it hard to give grace to others, recall the grace that Jesus Christ gave you when you were his enemy. When you find it hard to repent to your spouse for that fit of anger, remember the humility of Christ when he took on human flesh. When you find it hard to work honestly for the Lord and give to those in need, meditate on the cost Jesus Christ paid for your salvation. And when you find it hard to put away falsehood and corrupting talk, pray Christ would sanctify your tongue just as he has already cleansed you of all of your sin. Keep your new mind on the work of Jesus Christ. Church, Read the scriptures, pray the scriptures, sing the scriptures, memorize the scriptures, and the person the scriptures point to throughout Jesus Christ, he will transform your mind, your motivations, and your will to his likeness and cause you to flee from the likeness of man. Thus, it is my prayer that we as a church body be who we already are in Christ. For by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God. God has made us new creations. No longer are we dead in our sins, but we are alive in Christ. Our will has been changed to his will. Our thoughts are now his thoughts. Thus, Lord, teach us to put away all malice and anger, bitterness and clamor, 
our slander and wrath and let us put on kindness and love and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And let us not be a people who deal in falsehood, but who instead love to hear and love to read and love to speak and meditate on your truth, Father. And help us, Father, to never lose heart. Because thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has changed us. He has justified us. He is sanctifying us. And He will glorify us. Thus may the peace of God who brought you again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may He equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we are new creations in Christ. Lord, we have no reason to go back to our old way of life, because we have the truth. Thus, let us live lives that glorify you in the truth of your word. Let us be generous. Let us be people that are forgiving. Let us be people who build each other up. Let us put away our fits of anger and be angered righteously by the things that anger you. And Lord, let our testimony, our lives as new creations shine boldly and brightly in this dark world. Lord, you have given us the grace so that we can be change agents in this world. We can take the gospel to the world. We can forgive people. We can be kind to people because you gave us that example. You loved us when we were your enemies. Father, let us glorify you with our lives. Because you have made us that way. Let us be who we already are in Christ. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our benediction this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace who brought you again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Be at peace, church. Be at peace.